This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94WIP, our YouTube page. Check it out. Myself and Tucker Bagley put up podcast there at least a few times a week on our video feed on the 94 WIP YouTube page. All right, NFL trade deadline yesterday. Lots to get into. The Eagles were quiet. Not a move yesterday. I mean, the Bayard trade last week was their trade deadline move. They just did it in advance of the date. So it's kind of a weird day where I feel like the Eagles could have, should have done more, added another piece to go to try to win the Super Bowl. But overall, you can't be negative about the trade deadline when they acquired Kevin Byard last week and the signing of Julio Jones, you know, week before that, who is, uh, you could add as like a mid-season acquisition. But I thought today, let's dive into some winners and losers of the NFL trade deadline, specifically yesterday, but we could include the Eagles, of course, big picture. I will make the Eagles a winner because of the Byard trade. You know, the first week, he didn't have much of an impact. I do think it's going to take a little time to get this sorted out. It's kind of a weird time with the schedule with the Eagles where they're by fits and hits. I, I do think the Bayard trade, some of the things they're trying to, you know, get continuity on defense, Roby, all that kind of stuff. I, I think we'll see the fruits of that probably post-buy, which makes this particular game Sunday on Dallas week, uh, you know, against the Cowboys tricky and, and unique because I don't think the Eagles are in a great spot with all the moving parts on a you know, regular week trying to get ready for this game. Post-buy, they're probably better. But look, as we talked about on the show last week, the buyer trade was outstanding. That's the trade you make every single day. Could they have done more? They could have. I, I thought offensive line help, another running back, you know, a linebacker that could cover. These are all things they could have used yesterday at the NFL trade deadline. They didn't do it. And we'll see if it comes back to bite them. But the Kevin Byer trade puts the Eagles in the winner's category. All right, another winner from yesterday, and it's an arms race in the NFC, is, are the 49ers. The 49ers remain aggressive, and they're able to get Chase Young yesterday to really bolster what is an incredible defensive line. And now you think about what they could line up with Armstead and Hargrave at the tackle position, and then putting Bosa on one end, putting Chase Young on the other end. That is as formidable and as athletic of a defensive line as there is in the NFL. Now, they don't have the depth that the Eagles have. They can't rotate players like the Eagles can, but just when those four are out there, they can affect the game in a tremendous way. I mean, really a tremendous way. 
And that you know this, the game they play here in December, which you know could determine um, the number one seed or seeding in the NFC, and it's a revenge game for the 49ers for last year. It really could come down to just simply can the Eagles block those four guys? Can, can they have big time success against those four guys? I thought the 49ers did a good job getting an act. I thought they were just one pass rusher short. You know, they Bosa's had. By his standards, a little bit of a quiet season in terms of sack totals. He hasn't got home. A lot of pressures, but he hasn't got home. Young has reemerged here as a, a legitimate player. You know, all that hype coming out of the draft. Ohio State just like you know Nick Bosa. But all the, the hype out of Chase Young, and then he had he really battled injuries for a while. I mean, he really wasn't the, the same kind of player for a long time. It's it's feeling like it's coming back now. I, I think that this is a big, good spot for the 49ers to land a Chase Young. He goes to a team where he'll see single blocking assignments. He will be able to get home. He'll get sacks. I mean, he's going to make a lot of money, put on a 49ers uniform for the rest of the season before he hits free agency. I thought it was a good move by the Niners. That They bolstered a strength that made it even stronger on their defensive line. They're going to be a handful. They'll be a handful for anyone they face with that defensive line. All right, another winner from yesterday. I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. I thought the Commanders yesterday did a really nice job in their teardown. And you know, I don't know if this was Josh Harris, if it was coming from you know, where in the organization. But the Commanders are certainly good enough to compete for the seventh spot in the NFC playoffs. Like, Could they fight to be 8-9? and nine? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, we've seen them this year a couple times against the Eagles. They've got some... Uh, they've got some talent on offense, and we knew they had some big players on defense with that a very high-priced and you know highly drafted defensive line. But yesterday, they subtract Montez Sweat. I'll get to that trade specifically on the other side in a few minutes, and, and of course Chase Young, and they get a bunch, they get draft picks back, and that's what they need to do. I mean, the Commanders are in no man's land. They're probably gonna have a new coach soon. Maybe it's the guy that's in-house in enemy, but they're gonna have a new head coach. They'll have a new GM at some point. Josh Harris will, will likely bring some stability to that organization from a leadership standpoint in terms of who he hires, GM, and all that, um, you know, director, player, personnel that they haven't had under Daniel Snyder. So the commanders feel like they got it right yesterday by giving up on this season. And that's what they did effectively. I mean, they'll still win some games. But when you get rid of your two best edge rushers, you're not seriously trying to do anything. And I think for the commanders, it's better to go 6-11 and 11 or – seven and nine rather than sneak you know seven and ten that sneak in the playoffs at, at eight and nine or go for nine and eight and not get any extra assets back when I mean, they got to think big picture in this division because right now the, the gap between eagles cowboys and then commanders giants is gigantic it, it, it really is it's it's you may not know it just watching the commanders play one game against the eagles or two games against the eagles but over time it really is i mean every year you know the eagles and and cowboys are finishing two, three, four games above the Commanders and, you know, a lot over the Giants you know, in recent years. So those teams got to wake up and do things the right way. The Commanders did it yesterday. Smart move by them. What My final winner, under-the-radar move yesterday, I like the move the Lions made for Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones from the Cleveland Browns. He's kind of got lost in the shuffle, weird quarterback situation this year in Cleveland. Big body. I thought the Lions could use one more weapon. They've got Gibbs emerging. Montgomery will come back. Laporte has been an incredible rookie tight end. You throw Amon Ross St. Brown. And then the other receivers they have are, they're okay. You know, I, I think Josh Reynolds is okay. Jamison Williams has potential, but he hasn't really done anything yet. Suspension this year, injuries in the past. He's, you know, he has flashed, but eh, it's not great. They need one more, especially in the red zone, I thought, where they got bogged down against the Raiders on Monday night. They need one more 
weapon. And I thought, and I think Donovan Peoples-Jones could be that for them. Big body, could throw it to him, and, you know, up over somebody. I think he'll be good for Jared Goff in that offense. And they really have a wide array and different kinds of weapons. Now, they're, they're, they're a good team. I mean, I've been on the Lions since I started this podcast. They're, they're going to be a challenge, and, and they have a very good chance to get the number one seed. This helps them do that moving forward. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get to the losers here. The losers of the NFL trade deadline yesterday. Let's just start. I mean, we'll, we'll go through some of the teams that didn't, I, I thought, fail to meet the moment and do enough. Can we just start with the Chicago Bears as the biggest loser of the trade deadline? Oh, my goodness gracious. What did they do yesterday? It's like last year all over again, but maybe even worse. So last year at the deadline, they trade a number two pick, which became, I think, like the 33rd pick in the NFL draft for Chase Claypool. And he did have, you know, one plus left on his deal. It was, you know, a year and a half. But then this year, at some point, they just cut him because it was it was that bad. That was a disaster. He can't play. Couldn't play in a Bears uniform. Gave up a big-time selection in the draft for no reason on a team last year that was going nowhere. Okay, so that was a disaster. And they back it up this year by trading a number two pick for Montez Sweat. Now, this year, it's, it's a little bit different. and it's, it's like similar but a little different. Similarities are they're trading a, a what's sure to be a good pick. I mean, that's a top 40 pick, however we slice it, for a player that is about to be a free agent. So they have less team control. They're probably going to give away a tremendous pick, although probably not the worst pick in the league. They, I, I don't think the Bears will have the worst record in the league. They'll be close to it. Um, and now they have, at least they got a better player this time. Montez Sweat's a better player than Chase Claypool's ever been in the NFL. I think Sweat's actually merging to a really good player. But, but here is the, the part of it that just blows my mind. He's a free agent to be. The, 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 the Bears could have signed Montez Sweat day one of free agency to whatever contract he wanted. Day one of free agency. They could have outbid the market and kept their draft pick. So next year, you know, that 37th pick in the draft is maybe your starting guard or a running back or, you know, whatever, wide receiver that could really become a star. Who knows what it, what it becomes? I mean, who knows how good of a – maybe it's a defensive tackle with pass rushing upside that you put next to Montez Sweat. Maybe it's an edge rusher that goes on the other side of Montez Sweat. So it was like the 24th, 25th pick in the draft. It's not that different from 35 or 37. You may get a Montez Sweat type of player that you could put on the other side of Montez Sweat and sign you know, him in free agency. Very odd, bizarre, silly allocation of resources for the Chicago Bears. They just don't get it. They really don't. And then complicating matters – so there were rumors out there that were going to trade Jalen Johnson, a free agent to be corner, looking for $16 million a year, having a really good season. He's a good player. They didn't trade him. So, okay, let's say they want to try to keep Jalen Johnson. Well, now they've boxed themselves in to where they have they have to resign Sweat after trading what they traded for him. Because why would you trade a second-round pick in a 2-6 and six season for a rental if you're not planning on keeping him? That, that would be even dumber than the rest of it. So I imagine they're going to do what they have to do to sign Sweat. 
if you don't trade Johnson, which they didn't yesterday, and there were rumors the Niners, the Eagles, the Steelers, all these teams, the Bills are in on them. They don't reach an agreement. All right, they keep Jalen Johnson. Cooler heads prevail. They're going to want to keep one of the few players they actually have in that roster that has, yeah, has a real ability. And maybe you could build a defense around, you know, what they have with, you know, Edmonds and Edwards, at linebacker, and Jalen Johnson and Brisker and Sweat. I mean, you, you can kind of see the bones of of a pretty good defense with those five guys. Okay, that's great. But now you have one franchise tag available and you have two free agents that are going to hold you up for a lot of money because in terms of resource allocation and thinking ahead, you blew it. You didn't trade away Jalen Johnson and recoup picks and you traded for sweat when you didn't have to now. You could have waited till free agency. So now you're stuck. So they're probably going to franchise one of them and, and then try to hope to keep the other. And if they don't, they just look silly. The, the, the Bears fail at this every single year. A 2-6 and six team using a second-round pick on a rental is as dumb of an NFL trade deadline move as you will ever, ever see. It just – and I, I know this year is different than last year for the reason I mentioned. Also, they don't – they own the number one pick from the Panthers, so – in terms of draft value and like when you look at how much draft value they're going to have entering this offseason, they're going to have a lot because the Panthers could careen to the number one pick or at least a top three or four pick. So the the Bears aren't probably as interested this year as last year in tanking, in trying to lose. In fact, I would think they're going to try to win as much as they can down the stretch of the season. The coach is in his second year. He'll get fired if they go 1-15 and or you know whatever the record is going to be, 2-15. You know, so they're going to try to get to four or five wins. So I get it. They want to add players, but you got to think big picture. And I, I thought yesterday they did not. All right, quickly here, run through a few of the other losers that I just didn't think did enough yesterday. And at the deadline here, three teams, quickly. Titans, they should have been more proactive like the commanders in trying to tank this thing, in trying to think big picture. And they may have found a quarterback. Will Levis was outrageously good coming in in relief on Sunday for touchdowns. He's got a cannon. Maybe they have something there. So maybe they're thinking, let's keep guys around him to try to win. I get that. But Derrick Henry could have been moved. Tajay Spears at this point is explosive. I don't think you're losing much. If you trade away Henry and you play Tajay Spears, as crazy as that may sound, they could have traded Henry. And the fact that they walked away from that idea when there was definitely teams that would have been interested. I think the Eagles would have been interested. I think the Cowboys would have been interested. I think the Ravens would have been interested. I think that that will be one that they regret because Henry's on the way down. Does he have a year or two left? Maybe. By the time the Titans are ready to go make a run deep in the playoffs, he probably won't be a viable player anymore. A mistake by the Titans to not be more aggressive in unloading some players. And then the other side of things, I thought the Cowboys and the Ravens missed opportunities. You know, the Niners added Chase Young. The Eagles added Bayard. The Lions added Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those three contenders in the NFC. And I've said for a while, I, you know, and I, I didn't even mention the Seahawks with Leonard Williams, that you could throw them in the winner category too. That happened on Monday, day before the trade deadline. But all the other NFC contenders, Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, Lions. There's really five teams in the NFC you could see playing on division around weekend. Uh, I think the Seahawks are the fifth of the five, but they've played good football. They all added, except the Cowboys. The Cowboys stayed pat. Jerry Jones really said they would, and, and they did. I thought it was a mistake by the Cowboys to not be more aggressive. And the Ravens, you know, there's an opportunity here. Lamar's playing really good football. They have help this year. There is, you know, an opportunity in their division because the Steelers are a mess offensively. The Browns are a mess with the Watson situation offensively. And the Bengals, 
you know, they got off to a slow start, and the Ravens have one on them already in Cincinnati. So, like, this is an opportunity for the Ravens to push to win the division. They're in a healthy year. Lamar's playing some of his best football. His best football, I would say, clearly since the year he won the MVP. And there's some vulnerability in Kansas City right now. They don't look as dominant as they have been on the offensive side of the football in years past. So there's an opportunity for the Ravens to steal the AFC crown. And I thought they got way too conservative at the trade deadline. Like, why not push and get Josh Jacobs? Why not get a Derrick Henry? You know, why not make an offer for Saquon Barkley and go really go in to try to win? You know, Buffalo had a Rasul Douglas. They did a nice job. You know, these teams, when you have an opportunity, you, you can't, you can't sit around. Last year, the Chiefs added Kadarius Toney, and he, the punt return helped them win the Super Bowl. I, I just think teams that sit around at the NFL trade deadline that have real chances to make the Super Bowl don't add anything typically come back to regret it. You could always, always use one more piece. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk tomorrow.